Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform. And follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 155th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. We're here with your first episode of the week. Alongside me are Bart, Aiden, Wyatt, and Jared. We're going to get started with some news we missed. Our first little bit of news we missed is about Formula One. No, this is not the normal pit stop show, but we're still going to talk about it. And Jared, how about you just lead us into some drama that has happened with Max Verstappen recently? Yeah, so for those that don't watch Formula One, the championship has already been decided, actually, even though there's still another race to go. And it was decided even last race uh, when there was two races to go. Uh, Max Verstappen was not even fighting for the lead. He was fighting for sixth place. But in the grand scheme of things, in the championship standings, his teammate, Sergio Perez, is fighting for second in the Drivers' Championship, and Red Bull have never gotten first and second in the Drivers' Championship before. So the final lap, Max was sixth, Checo was seventh, um, and Checo earlier had already let Max pass to try and see if he could get a better position and take more points off of Checo's rivals. Anyway... The team told Max to give Sergio Perez the position back. He didn't say anything. He just kept going. Finished the race, did not give the position back to Sergio. The team said, Max, what happened? Why didn't you give the position back? And he, he basically said, I already explained my reasons to you guys. Don't, don't ask me this again, basically. And the speculation is that earlier in the year, Max, was, Max got slighted by Sergio Perez, like literally like in May, a race in May got slighted by Sergio Perez for a crash that he thinks is intentional and he decided to get payback in this moment in November. So, long memory for Max. Um, definitely was not classy at all. I mean, it literally was like a sixth place and he's already won the championship, so it, it cost him nothing other than literally just being able to spite Sergio Perez. And now he says they're even, so it definitely was something where he was like, I need to get payback. So. Very interesting scenario. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Just immature, it seems. Sounds yeah, but Red, but Red Bull, like, you can't really do anything about it. You you can kind of, they kind of have to let Max do whatever he wants because yeah. he's their golden boy, and he's gonna win them championships. Yeah. But. Well. Moving on from that, uh, we're gonna move on to a little bit more of the uh, Kyrie Irving situation and his anti-Semitic comments. Um, Wyatt, I hear you have some thoughts on that. Feel free to share. Yeah, the thoughts are nothing new. I've, I've, already, con- I've already expressed my thoughts two episodes ago about Kyrie's initial statement uh, since then. But my thoughts now are more towards the commentary surrounding all of it, specifically some of our counterparts like Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, who have talked about how the Brooklyn Nets have now gone a bridge too far with requesting Kyrie Irving meets a list of demands to be able to go back and play basketball. And LeBron James, I think, had said something as well. Maybe don't quote me on that. But I've heard some things that people have said, you know, he apologized and he should be allowed to play again. Lucas, why don't you ask me if I support uh, anti-Semitism. Just ask me that why do you support? Why do you support anti-Semitism? No. Kyrie Irving was asked that same question 
in his press conference, and he and he danced around the answer. He didn't say no. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Whatever. It, it took like this huge level of backlash, and now Barclays, the the Nets, where the Nets play basketball, is the epicenter of sports anti-Semitism. People are coming to protest. People are wearing shirts on the sidelines. People are handing out flyers. Everybody is talking about it. And Kyrie Irving is just because he said "I'm sorry" does not mean that he gets to get away with the level of headassery that he gets that he does on a regular basis. Like, and I know that a lot of the commentary is about how black athletes are held to a higher standard. Nobody's talking about what Brett Favre did. We do not get to get away with things just because we're black. It is not the opposite way around where he is a clown and is wrong. And we need to hold him to a higher standard as black people as well. And then now all of a sudden that he can't play basketball anymore. It's like, whoa, you know, this is the white man bringing us down to stop. That's stop it. That is ridiculous. And that is that Stephen A. Smith directly. What a ridiculous comment to make because Kyrie Irving is, he has two years or more of a Brooklyn Nets smear campaign, just absolutely destroying the name of the Brooklyn Nets. And all of a sudden now, They've they've gone a bridge too far. Get real. I saw some people saying that the punishment that they laid out for him was too easy. That almost like it was a joke. <laughs> so it's funny to me that some people can be on both sides of that spectrum. Like, which one is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's it. We All right. Play. Okay. Uh, well, with that, uh, we're gonna have one more last news. We missed. Just talk about a few NFL games that happened this past <laughs> week. Uh, the Eagles lost their first game. There are no more undefeated teams. The Miami Dolphins keep the record as the only team to ever go undefeated in NFL history for another year, for 1972. And the Packers came back and beat Jared's Dallas Cowboys. No, oh, why'd you bring week. that up? <laughs> Jared's Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, they basically yeah. are. Are they not? Yeah. No, they are. Mm-hmm. They're America's team, baby. They're not Jerry Jones's Dallas Cowboys. They're oh, not at all. Jared's. No, they're Cowboys. Jared's. Dallas Very Cowboys. obviously. No. 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 That's fair. Someone who's never been to Dallas. No. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Well, we're going to move into discussing more in depth one of the probably the best NFL game this week, maybe all year, between the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Allen and the Bills fell to the now 8 and 1 Minnesota Vikings in dramatic fashion this week defeating them 33-30 to in overtime with an all-time catch from Justin Jefferson thrown in there. Bart, what does this win mean for the Vikings, and are they true contenders? Well, I think we have to be honest with each other. <laughs> this has established the Vikings team as possibly the greatest team of all time. I'll say. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but actually I do think so. I think, I think you have to call them contenders, and if you want to say that they're not, then I think by extension you also have to admit that the Bills aren't which I don't agree with, but if that's your take, I guess that's fine. But I think to go in, to come back from 17 points down, to win an OT instead of blowing it like they like would have in typical Vikes fashion, <laughs> I think it's really impressive. People will point to the Eagles' loss in Week 2, but like the Eagles also just lost to the Commanders, whom the Vikes beat the week before. So, in other words, any given Sunday. You really just don't know. So, I, yeah, I, I, I think so. They, they might be the clutchest football team that I can remember in recent memory. They have apparently won after trailing in the last two and a half minutes five times. And they have won seven. Their seven past games have all been wins, and they've all been by one possession. The last team, the only other team that ever did that, 2020 Chiefs, they reached the Super Bowl. So just saying, 
I've talked about this before. The Vikes kind of concern me because, like, their team stats aren't really encouraging. Like, they're middle of the road on offense, middle of the road on defense. Kirk Cousins is clearly not having his best season ever. And yet they keep winning. So I think, to me, they are contenders, but it's a question of their ceiling and their floor come playoff time. If they're hitting on all cylinders, if Kirk is playing well, if they're feeding Justin Jefferson the ball correctly, they can beat anybody. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they lost in the first round. Because, like, you know, all these close games, I feel like it's going to catch up to them at some point, and they aren't going to be able to pull off the dramatic comeback. And that, you know, that could easily happen in the playoffs against a really good team. But I think anybody who can beat the Bills, they're a contender in my book right now. The Vikes are playing really well. Yeah. I think both things can be true. Uh, This is a really good win for the Vikings. I'm going to give you credit for that. I think that the Vikings, you know, Josh Allen did play, and uh, we were ready to dismiss this game entirely and say that, well, maybe the Vikings still haven't played anybody yet. I mean, we, we have agreed in weeks past that the Bills are an incredibly talented team. So this is a good win for the Vikings. I think it can also exist, though, that you may not necessarily like them as the true title contenders. But given what, the way that the NFC East is, or not the NFC, excuse me, not the NFC East, the NFC entirely, given the way that that is, um, it's entirely possible that they can climb their way up to the top. I'm kind of just more on the other side of the ball, though, is I think that the Bills also have a problem that is incredibly apparent, and I think they kind of gave this game away. As of right now, Josh Allen is a problem for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Allen can is you know is currently one of the three best players at his position. We know that. He is one of the greatest anomalies in NFL history going from his first, second to his third year. We know that. But now he sits on top of a throne that is quite hollow, to be honest, because he has proven us all wrong to the point that it's like anti-Lamar, where now he can do no wrong. And Lamar is like, he was so good. He's so much better than everybody thought that like we're waiting to poke holes into his game. Not we, but the royal we. You understand? Yeah. So so let's have a sober analysis of Josh Allen so far this season. He has 10 interceptions and three lost fumbles, 13 turnovers on the year. He has a 20, 20 touchdowns. So he is at least he's losing the ball, at least on an interception basis, 50% of the time. It is a coin toss whether or not that ball goes to his team or the other team. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there's, he has four of those interceptions are in the red zone, which is incredibly crucial. Mm-hmm. He has one lost fumble in the red zone, which does not include as one from the game uh, from yesterday. And it, it is incredibly clear that Josh Allen still has the Patrick Mahomes ceiling of being a fantastic big play, big arm player with a Jimmy Garoppolo floor of I'm going to do something stupid once or twice a game and absolutely lose this game for your team. So far, they've struggled to score uh, in, in the second half of this entire year. They're actually ranked 20th in second half scoring with 10.7 per game, which means basically this. If Josh Allen keeps turning the ball over, they will lose half the games they have left. Yeah. I mean, like, I think Nick Wright has been one of the biggest, like, proponents of the theory that, like, agreeing with you, I think, like, Josh Allen is a problem for the Bills at this point. Like, while there's so much he does well, like, his inability to hold on to the ball, to lead the league in interceptions and all that is a problem and I think it's a big problem too for them because especially with how much they've struggled you know at least in the postseason at Arrowhead 
Like, they would love that first-round buy and that number one seed, and that is looking exceedingly unlikely at this point, especially because they're currently third place in their own division at this point behind the Dolphins and the Jets. And, like, yes, is it still possible? Are they only, I guess, in theory, one game out? But the way they've been playing, all the turnovers, the number of other really good teams in the AFC at this point, like, they're going to have a hard path to get to the Super Bowl, I think, based on how they're playing at this point. So I think that needs to be considered as well. Am I crazy for thinking that Josh Allen's turnover issues are just like a blip? I really feel like he's going to figure it out. I mean, have you have you seen that like a lot of the turnover? It's not like his accuracy is dipping, or that like like he's literally throwing it directly to defenders. And I feel like it's strange <laughs> that a really really good quarterback has just started doing that. I feel like it's more of a weird mental thing, and he will he will come out of it. Like especially as the team continues to support him, I don't think a, a good quarterback just suddenly becomes like Ryan Leaf. You know, on, in the in the span of like a couple of weeks, it's really weird to me. So I don't think it's going to be a long term thing. Yeah, personally, I understand also, it's hard to judge. Sorry, I understand it's hard to judge him based on his first two years, where he was known to be bad. He was not expected to be great. But last year, his breakout year, he did have 15 t- uh, turnovers or interceptions. He had lost three fumbles last year, which is the same that he lost. So maybe it's not something that he all of a sudden has become. It's something that he has been, but we've overlooked it because. You know, it's more fun to watch him kind of throw bombs than it is to actually recognize the turnovers. And it doesn't necessarily matter if they're, like, blowing out a team, right? Like, it only matters in these close games, which they've had Mm -hmm. a bunch of lately. Um, On the topic, though, of their, like, second-half struggles that you were mentioning, Wyatt, I'm not convinced that's something that's going to persist or that really matters, given that a lot of... They have had a bunch of games where they've been up by a ton in the second half. Obviously, the Vikes game was like that, and then the Vikes came back. But all these teams, I think the Eagles were similar in this fashion, right? They were also not a great second-half scoring team. But it's because they take their foot off the gas or run the ball more in order to kind of kill time. I'm not saying that that's the best strategy, but I feel like that's kind of what is you know, causing the Bills to be bottom of the pile. Because we, we've seen the Bills time and time again, when it matters, drive down the field like it's easy. I mean, they kind of did that at the end of the in regulation at the end of the Vikings game to kick that field goal we saw them do it last year against the Chiefs in the playoffs like I have no doubt that they have that potential Uh, but it's certainly true that Josh Allen's sloppiness which has probably always existed is the biggest threat to their you know the Super Bowl title that analysts gave them at the beginning of the season if their path to the to the what is it? Super Bowl. That their path to the Super Bowl is a combination of the Rams, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Packers. Their four biggest wins so far this season. Then I agree with you that they that we should not be worried about them. If they have to play the Chiefs, the Dolphins, heck, even the Jets or the Ravens, I would be concerned about their ability to close out those games because we're not talking about them blowing out regular season teams, teams that they should beat. Because quite frankly, every team has half their schedule being teams that are that they are way better than. So, uh, like, there it's not entirely his fault. I know that he is the biggest star on the team, so he's go, obviously you you win the games, you get all the credit. You lose the games, you get all of the blame. Devin Singletary is a problem as well. Devin, Devin Singletary is dedicated. I think he has a parlay every week where he loses the ball at some point. He fumbles on a regular basis. The reason why they've always tried to move away from him, I think Zach Moss had the same problem, which is why they moved away from him as well. They keep trying to replace. They try to replace Devin Singletary every single year because of this problem. 
and uh, you know it happens on a regular basis. There is some good for the Bills as well, and I'll, I'll give you the credit here. Right now, they are the number one team in converting on third downs. This is like a 56% rate on converting on third downs. If they are able to cut down on the turnovers, they have the ability to control the game all the way through. We all know that they have a great defense. They have one of the three best defense in the league, three best scoring defense in the league. And if they don't end every single drive or important drives with a turnover, then absolutely they're going to be the people that knit to beat. But so far, we've watched it botch their season against the Jets, against uh, the Vikings, and against the Dolphins. And it's going to bite them in the ass if they don't figure it out soon. Mm. I think sports media just needs talking points in a long season, so it's nice to to have these couple games where a team starts to slip. And you kind of need to like keep mo- moving the goalposts, I think, for a team like the Bills or a team like the Chiefs or the team like the Eagles that are doing really well. The NFL is not like college football, though, where teams are way uh, like as much better as you say they are. The parity is much closer in the NFL. You can't expect teams to be blowing out teams every single week. They're going to lose some fluky games. I mean, last year, the Chiefs started 2-3 and three last year. Everybody was like Patrick Mahomes mechanics are off and everything. It doesn't. They still went to the AFC Championship game and lost in overtime. Right, like it was a close one. Yeah. Uh, the, the Rams, the Super Bowl champions last year, they lost three games in a row in the middle of November. I actually checked our power rankings episode like around this time of the season, mm-hmm. November twenty fourth. The Rams were ninth. The Bengals didn't even make the power rankings. <laughs> so I mean, it's just it's literally just fluctuations in the season that are going to happen. You have to make knee jerk reactions to make it sound inter- interesting and everything, but. I don't know. I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. By the way, Matt Stafford last year led the league in interceptions. So it is something that you can't overcome if you're that talented. Well, speaking of power rankings, Jared, you give us the perfect intro to our next segment. (laughs) Uh, As everybody knows, on this podcast, every two weeks we go through and do a power rankings of the best NFL teams, which means as things stand at today, who are 1 through 10 the best teams in the NFL based on current performance, based on momentum, all of that fun stuff. The Eagles so far have dominated our rankings this season, but we're going to get started um, with a new list of 1 through 10, and I am first up. Uh, and I think that there are three teams you could make a logical argument for at number 1. I think you can make one for the team I just mentioned, the Eagles. They lost the first game this week, but they are statistically one of, if not the best teams in the NFL. They're top 5 in scoring offense, scoring yards per game, def- top 5 in Defensive points per game and yards per game on defense. But they did lose a pretty bad one to the Commanders this week. A lot of dumb penalties. Big fumble. They're one. Then you have the Vikings, who have the same record as the Eagles, also 8-1. and one. They have maybe one of the best wins in the NFL this year in that win over the Bills this past week. And, you know, they're gaining steam. They're slowly but surely winning games. And the last is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're an excellent team. They're 7-2, and two, only a game behind. Um... And, you know, I feel like people like to hype up the Chiefs a lot because they're the Chiefs and they have Mahomes. Um, and so I've seen them number one in a lot of power rankings. Um, but I'm going to go at number one with the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, <laughs> I think wow. they are deserving of a spot at number one. Bart alluded to it earlier. They're not like a great statistical team, but I don't think it really matters. Uh, they're super clutch, like Bart said. Their turnover differential is crazy. They're second only behind the Eagles. And they just win big games. And this win against the Bills was the biggest. I'm not going to belabor talking about the Vikings since we've already talked about them a lot. But I think at this point they are deserving of dethroning the Eagles at the number one spot in the rankings. So, yep, Minnesota Vikings, number one. Calling me surprised. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have All the... Right, Jared, you're up next to number two. I have the second pick, and with the second pick in this power rankings, I'm going to go with the team that should be first, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they definitely clearly are the best team in the league right now. Bart, you'll love... I think, Bart, you're the one that loves this stat. They're first in the league in uh, EPA per drive, estimated points added per drive. (laughs) First in the league. Is he the one? I feel like we've talked about this. I thought it was Bart. It sounds like a Bart I'm the first person to bring up... Pythagorean points per... It's Pythagorean points. (laughs) Who's EPA then? Was it what? Was it you, Yeah, I I was the first person to bring it up on this podcast. EPA. Yeah, Bart's the stat guy. I get it. The Chiefs clearly have... I would say the best offense in the league, obviously, with Kelsey. They haven't really lost a step with Tyreek Hill. They just got Kadarius Toney, who already caught a touchdown in their first game with them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely think they can overcome whatever deficits they have on their defense. They're kind of middle of the pack on the defensive, defensive side. So, we shall see. I, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league, though, personally. But I, I'll pick them here at number two. All right. Wyatt, you're up at third. Who do you have? You know, I really wanted to be, like, Wolves – coming out of the woodworks once the Eagles lost. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles here at number three. I don't think that they've dropped too far. And quite honestly, I don't know if there's anyone that I can definitively put ahead of them right now. Uh, of course, you can. it's easy to start poking holes on who they actually beat. But as of right now, Eagles still get the benefit of the doubt that they're 8-1. and one. Um, They still have a ton of talent on the team. Jalen Hurts has come a long way. Jordan Davis has played fantastic, even though he didn't play um, you know, last, or was it on Monday. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's going to be tough for me to dethrone them all the way outside of the top five. Uh, but, you know, a couple more losses, they could start slipping. But right now, Eagles definitively number three for me. Yeah. I think the loss this past week was, like, fluky in a lot of ways, too. Like, there were a lot of dumb penalties, like, especially the roughing the passer on Heineke right at the end. Yeah. The turnovers were, like, not Jalen Hurts' fault. Like, the one he put it right on A.G. Brown's hands, and he just couldn't catch it, and it bounced right into the commander's guy. The other one with Quez Watkins just, like, tripping and fumble like it, it was just yeah, like yeah. one of those weird fluky losses that kind of happens and is going to happen to every team so yeah i think that they're a top three team i think anywhere for the eagles between like i, I think those top three are all kind of in my mind somewhat interchangeable mm-hmm. at this point between the vikings the chiefs and the eagles yeah. um but now that those three are out of the way bart you have the fourth pick who are you taking i will go with the team that the apparently best team in the league just beat i'm gonna say it's the bills I don't think this is a shocker. Are they going to say the Jaguars? <laughs> Chief could be the Jaguars. No, I'm sorry. Uh, well, next, next ones, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we talked about the Bills a lot as well. Like, statistically, they are still arguably the best team in the league. They're still first in points differential. They are second in net EPA. Their offense is really good. Their defense is really good. Like I said, I'm not really worried about Josh Allen uh, and his red zone turnovers long term. And also, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's. I'll book it that he'll be fine, and we'll see. What <laughs> okay, that's very clear. Define fine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whatever that looks like. <laughs> How do we define that? Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he will throw fewer than three red zone interceptions for the rest of the season. That's my okay, I'm, I'm I'll putting a number. <laughs> okay, no, sorry, sorry. Three, three or fewer. Anyways, um, and then I also wanted to mention that the Bills' three losses have been by two points, three points, and three points. So it's never mm-hmm. like they're getting shellacked. I really think they'll be fine. They have a below average strength of schedule remaining for the rest of the season. I would not be surprised to see the Bills jump up from four in future power rankings. Yeah. 
Also, they've lost to the Dolphins, Jets, and Vikes, who will all make the top ten. <laughs> yeah, how are the Jets not ranked already? Yeah, exactly. How are the Dolphins? Oh, Aiden, you're, that's you're a the perfect lead-in gonna... to me <laughs> picking the Dolphins. Anyway, <laughs> the the Dolphins had a convincing win against the Browns this week. I have them at number five. They remain undefeated in games that Tua finishes out. Their ground game was actually pretty dominant against the Browns with Jeff Wilson Jr. coming in clutch, and that that hasn't really been the theme this season. So that was that was a great development. But the offensive weapons are just absurd, obviously. Like, Tyreek Hill is nearly on pace for 2,000 yards. You know, is Patrick Mahomes holding him back? Maybe. Uh, you know, Jalen Waddle is nearly at 1,000 yards himself. So they head into a bye week on a four-game win streak. Spirit's got to be high in Miami. I think they're, they're looking good. Did you see that story? Yeah. This was, like, a couple weeks ago where when the Dolphins were on a losing streak... They like got rid of a ping pong table in their locker room, and Mike McDaniel was like, I, yeah. I, "I love the leadership that they got rid of the ping pong table." <laughs> and then Tyreek Hill was like, "We actually That's ordered what... a custom one or something." <laughs> 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 it's it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm up next with the sixth pick. We're going back to the top, and I'm going to go with Wyatt's New York Football Giants. What number wow. six? You That's gotta crazy. respect record. I'm a big record guy. Oh my god! They're seven and two. They're tied for the third best record. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, why it was there this past weekend? You can't root against that. That deserves at least a point or two bump in our power rankings. They have some good wins. <laughs> They've beaten the Ravens and the Titans, both pretty good teams. I think we would all agree on. And they're in many ways similar to the Vikings. They don't statistically do a lot well but they have a great turnover differential they come up big in the moments and they've led it to the third best record in the nfl with you for the third best record in the nfl you shouldn't be ranked outside the top six or seven so i'll take the giants here also i was high-fiving fans in the stands uh very good experience there in metlife uh there was a five dollar value beer which is really good and uh they um the giants right now are second in second half points scored uh per game so that's pretty good yeah, out of the Giants. All right, Jared. I was fully expecting to pick the Cowboys here, actually. But I, I can't do that when a team ahead of them on my big board is still on there. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers. They have the happening? number one defense in terms of yards allowed this year. Aiden doesn't like this pick. They just have so – they really have so much talent. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback position holding them back, they still have um, – they still have Debo. They have George Kittle. They have Christian McCaffrey now, who's playing really well since the trade, by the way, Bart. Oh, uh, really? No, wait, wait, hold on. I actually <laughs> – let me pull up the number before I say Yeah, exactly. This. Elijah Mitchell, I think, is uh, actually Christian the number McCaffrey one back. Christian McCaffrey woke up so. and felt dangerous with 38 yards on 14 carries. <laughs> and he had a touchdown. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But it was like a two-yard <laughs> run. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't you, you put me in there with that offensive line. I no, could get, you know. yeah, exactly. <laughs> 38 yards on 14 carries. Um, That's fewer than three yards per carry, right? It's the NFL. If my math is right. It's the NFL. What's Jonathan Taylor doing this year? He's not doing anything this year. Anyway, 49ers, I think, are actually really talented. I got them here. Okay, at, cool. At seven. All right, Wyatt, you, you have eight then. I'm gonna go with uh, the Houston Texans. No, I'm kidding. I was I was trying to think of something stupid to say. I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens. Same. Who? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the win against the Saints was that impressive. The Saints are actually uh, terrible. So, 
who could have seen that coming. But they beat the Buccaneers a week ago. The Browns are serviceable. Um, so it's not like they're just kind of scraping by. They've had some decent wins, but nothing necessarily too impressive for me to like make an argument that they need to be ahead of anybody that has been named before them so far. But they are still talented. Lamar Jackson is still awesome. They have a very weird offense when you watch them actually play, but, you know, what you going to do? You're winning games. Baltimore takes the eight spot. All right, Bart, who's coming in at nine? I am going to steal the Jets from out in front of Aiden's hands. Uh, I think they're, they're a reasonable pick here. Um, you know, the, the really gutsy win against the Bills, that counts a lot for me, and I'm not just saying that to make the Vikings look better. I actually think it was really <laughs> impressive. Like, it was impressive how on the – I think I read this on the last drive. They ran the ball something like 12 straight times. They just ran the ball down the Bills' throat and did what they wanted to, basically. Zach Wilson actually looked decent in that game. Is he improving? I don't know, but maybe. No. Ultimately, though, I like the Jets. Okay, well, probably, but still. It's fun to speculate. Uh, their defense is just so, so good. I mean, we've talked about yeah. this before, but they have so many talented players on defense. Somehow, Sauce Gardner is already like a top-five cornerback in the whole league <laughs> as a rookie. I don't know, man, but yeah. So that defense can carry them pretty far, I think. So I'm taking the Jets. Yep. If Zach Wilson, yeah. No, if Zach Wilson like actually did turn it around and you know start developing, which he has a little bit this year, but if he if he really started looking somewhat like a number two pick, that's a very scary team. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, respect to DJ DJ Reed as well, who kind of yeah. gets lost in the Sauce Gardner thing, but he's also having a fantastic year for a quarterback. Great addition. Yeah. All right, and Aiden, you're going to finish off our rankings. Who's coming in at 10? Uh, so I've got the Cowboys. Jared may have paid me under the table for it, but I have the Cowboys. It uh, obviously was a shaky game against the Packers. You know, Dak made mistakes. Maybe we'll look back at this as the game where the Packers finally put it together and counted as a good win for the Cowboys, but right now it does not look like that. Uh, but besides that, the Cowboys have been consistently good this year. Uh, I'm allowing them this loss. Uh, I'm interested to see if they actually add obj because there's a lot of talk of that who knows if that's just stuff that Stephen a has made up or whatnot <laughs> uh, but their receiving core is pretty much just cd lamb yeah. at this point so i feel like they they kind of need it but I, I think they definitely deserve to be in the top 10 all right well another podcast that definitely deserves to be in the top 10 is this podcast the lunch bell guys if you enjoyed what you listened to please give us a follow on social media That'd be Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter at lunchpailguys underscore. Um, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you listen. And uh, stay tuned for another episode later this week.